Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 102. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hey. It's I'm pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty I'm a little good. hungry, yeah. actually. Me too. I, like... I can't wait to eat pasta. <laughs> 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 hurry. Hurry. <laughs> review the beer. Review the book. Hurry so I can eat my pasta. <laughs> I, just, I had a banana, but I'm just like, oh, I really, really, really want Wingstop. I just, I'm craving <gasps> it. Maybe wow. I'm That is it. a quintessential like... Super Bowl... I think I think maybe we can't say that word. People are saying superb owl. <laughs> um, but anyway, owl. wings is like the thing that you want to eat during uh, a big football extravaganza. Um, uh. And I've been craving wings for some reason. I got a um, what's it called? Tasty, An air fryer, and I made some wings Ooh. in the air fryer. And the five wings that I made in the air fryer were good, but I was so like, oh my God, this is taking so freaking long. I ended up frying the rest in the oil on top of the stove (laughs) because I had bought a tiny air fryer thinking, oh, I don't have enough space to get one of those giant ones. So I bought a tiny one, but turns out that it was the wrong choice because I have to, you, it still takes some time. It's not like it's an Instapot or anything. So it's like 20 to 30 minutes per cycle. And then I can only fit five wings in at a time. And so then I had to do that for however many times it takes me to get through the big bag of wings. I was like, forget it. I ended up I ended up frying them in, <laughs> in olive oil on the stove. And they were just as yummy and good as the ones I were put in the fryer. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, no. uh, you know what? That's it. I'm buying an Instapot. I really want one. Like my friend Michaela, she bought one and she bought the 11 in 1 one that's like an air fryer or the pressure cooker yes. and like a bunch of other shit and I just she says it's so nice and I'm just like that's it. I'm going to so get So I Instapot. have an Instapot. Yes, and there is one that has has a different lid that turns it into an air fryer. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, I yep. wish I had that." So, mm-hmm. um and I bought this one at, at Ralph's on sale for 50 bucks, which was the best uh, the best um purchase I ever made because I made beans in that mm-hmm. thing in 30 minutes. Wow. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. worth it. Frank got that Ninja Instapot one with the different lid. And, oh, uh-huh. um, and it, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to buy it. I don't care. And I'm like, you know, that's fine. You know, do you? That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, he comes home because I'm still working when he comes home, sadly. And so he just throws some meat in there, seasoned. And in 20 minutes, we have a full meal. Yep. Yeah. And that, he doesn't I, have, it's You perfect. know what? I really, really need that because I do like cooking. But I usually can't cook like a meal or something like that because by then usually me and my mom are gone to work or Mm -hmm. like I'm like or they've left and now there's a bunch of leftover food and that I can't finish all by myself. So if I can cook the food fast enough that we can all eat um, uh, and it doesn't take so much time, 
That's perfect. I've just sold myself on the Instapot. It incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pricey, but so worth it. Like yesterday, we were running some errands, um, mm-hmm. Frank and I. And so uh, I said, hey, man, I don't know. What do you want to get? Like burgers or, you know, taquitos or what? He's like, you know what? Why don't we just go to um, Aldi, get some kind of meat and come home and I'll put it in the Instapot. And in 20 minutes, we'll be eating. And I bet you it's going to be cheaper and better than any food from outside. And mm-hmm. he sure did. He put it in the Instapot. And in 20 minutes, we were eating. And it was fucking bomb.com. Like, <laughs> so good. The meat was, like, so juicy. And we had so much of it because he just spent, like, on a piece of meat. Instead of, like, having the taquitos mm. that it would have been, like, 30 bucks worth of a lot of other stuff. Because, you know, when you go order something like taquitos, you want to get... Yeah. The other stuff that comes with it, like, you know, you want like 10 tacos or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it been, actually, it, you spend some money in buying the machine, but it actually ends up saving you money because it, it's so oh, quick that you don't have to, you don't have to order out, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it turns out being cheaper. Like one time I went to get some chicken shit over, <laughs> not, not shit, but just some chicken, <laughs> some chicken joint and, um. It took me a while because I had to wait for my food to be ready. And then when I got home, it wasn't even that good. And I spent $40 on food just for Frank and myself. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is so much money for this. Like, it's Mm -hmm. disappointing. It's disappointing when it's too salty or it's not as good as you thought it was going to be. And then like, it's just, it's sadness. Food sadness. (laughs) Food sadness. (laughs) Food sadness. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, I agree. Anyways. I'm hungry. (laughs) That's what this conversation was about. I'm hungry. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I I had two tortas uh, around uh, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. You had two? Well, not at once. I had one and then I waited 30 minutes and I had the other. (laughs) Oh, my God. Tortas are big and filling. (laughs) No, but my aunt made them because she brought all the stuff to make them. We didn't buy them. So it's it's not the ones that have a bunch of meat. So I just had one slice of um, of, uh, head cheese. Oh, my God. So delicious. And it had aguacate. (laughs) Queso fresco. My mom eats head cheese. That stuff's gross. I love that shit. It reminds me of when I was a kid because my mom Her too. Her too. Um, I don't think I know what head cheese is. Ooh, girl, I'm going to hook it up for you. Ooh, Google okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Google <laughs> <laughs> you know, There's some foods that I would rather, they taste good, but I don't want to know what's in them. Revolcado yeah. is one of them. If I never knew what was in menudo, th- that would still be one of my favorites. <laughs> um, but as it is, it's no longer one of my favorites. But yeah, there, there's there are some things that i oh i don't know what was really in blood sausage don't tell me what's in oh blood yeah sausage. i don't oh, even know yeah. that. that's I, gross i look at blood I, sausage and i'm like no gracias is it blood sausage moronga moronga is blood it's sausage? the same thing yeah it's the same thing okay well, okay it's, so the, it's similar but it's not the same but it's similar okay yeah. well then yeah. not blood sausage moronga. moronga i want i don't want to know what's in moronga all i want to know is all i need to know is that it's fucking delicious and that's how it's gonna <laughs> stay i don't want to know what's in it yeah so well, moronga like... revolcado yeah stuff like that <laughs> Don't tell well, me what's I, in it. I like the head cheese, and when I go to Alpine Village, I get the French one. 
but I usually buy oh. mine at uh, Giuliano's. I, I find that one's really delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now you see, so. I can make some implications from head cheese, but once again, I don't want to know what's in it. If it tastes, <laughs> if it, if you say it tastes good, I'll believe you. No, I really enjoy it. I I really do. I, I, I just... could actually. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say I could actually really go for one of your famous bean sandwiches. Right oh my now. god! You know oh what? my god! Yeah. The only missing ingredient right now is the cream cheese, and I I kick myself for not stopping by and buying some because I actually have beans right now. Yeah. So, because mm-hmm. making beans in my house, it has to be like, I have to put time aside to do it because uh, I gotta make sure I mentally prepare for eating beans for the next week <laughs> because I make so many of them. Yeah, actually, after I made that pot of beans in the Instant Pot for the first time, I never did it again because they were there for so long. I was tired of beans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had them fresh off, you know, fresh off the uh, crock pot, and then I, I free fried them, and then I fried them I, I there's a section that i fried with the bacon grease mm, and and i smashed the best. them and yep. it's so good but right now i'm i'm dying to go for one of my uh bean sandwiches that sounds really good actually right now <laughs> <laughs> i might no i don't have any cream cheese i'm probably just gonna well use, like, if fresh you make cheese. beans and you don't want to eat them for all of next week drop some off for me I will pay you. <laughs> I'll pay you for your hard work. You know what? Next time I make some, I'm going to drop you guys off a, a little Tupperware of them. Because <laughs> I make the whole pot, and then I always think I'm making a little bit, but they expand. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're like, it's like a big old cazuela. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. And so I I gave some to my aunt, and I froze some, and... So like, but I still have a bunch of beans. Like right now I have two containers on the stovetop with beans. One with smashed and one with just whole but already mm. fried. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Smashed with cheese is my favorite. Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I think I'm hungry again. Those <laughs> were not enough. <laughs> Anyways, if you weren't hungry beforehand, now you definitely are. <laughs> yes, more, more, most definitely. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have some... Interesting news for you guys out there in listening land. We are doing another giveaway starting February 7th, 2021. And you can win the first two issues of Lightning Strikes. That's a a book that was illustrated and written by uh, Marcus Newsome. And uh, all you have to do is rate and review our podcast um, either on uh, Apple or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, or there's another Google, it's uh, CastBox. Um, but we'll put up the link on our Facebook page and also on Instagram. But uh, we'll be doing the drawing on March or Mar- uh, anywhere, March 1st or the very first recording in the month of March. So uh, be sure to rate and review our podcast. And if you subscribe on YouTube, please do leave a uh, comments so that you can be entered into our drawing and that is the news for you guys today Kristen what time is it I can't wait I've been waiting here being like is it time yet is it time yet stop talking I want to drink this beer <laughs> so es la hora de la cervecita and this can of beer looks so amazingly scrumptious and it doesn't even like I don't know why it's just 
a picture of a queen, a chess piece, a queen chess piece with a golden crown encircling it. And um, it just, the colors are just so like chocolatey and coffee and just, I don't know. Um, so this beer that we are reviewing today is from Crowns and Hops Brewing Company, um, a brewery that we reviewed um, an IPA from a couple of weeks ago. And it is a local to Southern California brewery. They are out of Inglewood, California. And we learned the last time we reviewed um, this uh, something from this brewery that they are a, a black owned business and they are a couple who met on Tinder. Uh, and so <laughs> I think that that is so freaking cool and unique and amazing. And I am so excited to try this beer, which is a comp uh oh which is completely different than what oh, we uh, tried before. Yes, uh, this beer, it looks really beautiful. It has some like magenta and uh, coffee magenta hues. It looks really elegant. It, uh, almost like uh, the one we, I think we reviewed before, uh, Catalyst something. Um, I forgot what it was called, uh, but it, it's they, their too. art. <laughs> their their art is really amazing on their can. Um, this so, one says "Crafted for Change," Urban Queen Imperial Stout with Red Bay Coffee. I know, Kristen, yes. you do not like coffee, but I'm no. thinking that uh, the other wonderful parts of this beer will outshine <laughs> and, wow. and and uh, will. Um, what is it called, will entice you to love this beer. You know what's funny about coffee, though? Mm -hmm. I generally do not drink coffee. I do not crave coffee. I do not want coffee. Uh, whenever I am somewhere and it's a group of people, everyone will be drinking coffee and they'll be like, would you like coffee? I'm like, no, I don't drink coffee. And everyone looks at me crazy. But <laughs> during this whole 30 that I have been doing, it is one of the things that I've been freaking craving. I'm craving coffee. And Eddie makes fun of me because when I say I want coffee, it's not that I actually want coffee. I want some liquid form with tons of sugar and cream in it. <laughs> And there could so. be a little hint of coffee in the back, but I don't know what it is. And so that is why when I saw we were trying this beer, that's like, oh my God, I get to drink coffee because I've been craving it. It's like those weird cravings you get when you're pregnant. It's oh apparently gosh, yeah. you get weird cravings when you're on Whole30. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is Urban Queen Imperial Stout made by with Red Bay Coffee. And this Imperial Stout... Um, is 10% ABV. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is some um, crazy ABV. Um, and it's brewed with King's Prize Red Bay coffee beans. Apparently, that those coffee beans are also known as Black Royalty. Whoa. So on the back of this can, it says, this coffee edition of our Imperial Stout is intended to stretch the scope of the palate with notes of chocolate, mild smoke, 
a rich malt backbone and Red Bay King's Prize coffee. Brewed in celebration of black women, beauty, grace, resilience, power, queens, her likeness, words, drive, and contributions continue to be admired and emulated around the world. The Crowns and Hops Red Bay Coffee Collaboration celebrates the power of, what's this say, Uj, U, Ujima? Um, it says, uh, incorporative, I guess that's an African word for cooperative economics. As two black-owned businesses partner to produce globally recognized premium products. And then it says, hail to the urban queen, hashtag black excellence. I love it. I love it. It sounds amazing. And like I said, the can is so elegant. I love it. Is it? It. Uh, I don't know if you guys call us uh, saw on Netflix the Queen's Gambit. It, I uh, did. I it, just finished watching that last week. It reminds me of, of that. I haven't watched it yet. Of that, she was just so controlled. But it's, yes, and, and yeah. I just I love that. It was just uh, she, even the way she just stood on all of her scenes. Like it's, it just reminds me uh, so much about like that that. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to play chess, but I, I imagine it's like very difficult and very... I learned in fourth grade. My Did fourth grade really? teacher taught the entire class. And we, we the students used to take turns during free time and going back there and he would teach us. And then if we wanted to, we would we could stay in at recess and play. Um, so, yes, mm. I, I learned to play chess when I was in fourth grade. So the story and the way she learned <laughs> reminded me very much of how I learned. Oh, that's super cool. That's Freaking awesome. Aww, that's really yeah. cute. Kristen Lore unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, um, because we're in the month of February and it's Black History Month, I mean, we should celebrate our um, brothers and sisters of color, not only in February, but any chance we get. And um, I really wanted to review this. I got this beer. Uh, it's it's uh, a February release. Uh, they're also nice. releasing several different uh, beers during the uh, um, um, Black History Month. But this one is a, sp a specific release was in Whole Foods. Now, I haven't been in Whole Foods in a long time. And I was like, <laughs> I hope, because I have to go pick up work in Torrance. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so close to Whole Foods. I might as well just go. And I was like, I hope it's available in the Torrance Whole Foods. Um, I hope it's not just the one in Lingwood or Lennox or whatever. Like I, I was like, oh my god, I just and hope and thankfully it was there. But I saw that like it was almost sold out too. So I was like, oh, oh that's wow. really great. So I was like, really, I was like really lucky to have gotten this. So I'm very that's excited. a pretty amazing contract too for a small local brewery to mm -hmm. get with Whole Foods. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. I was, I was. Uh, I was really happy. And not only that, I was just really happy that it was there because I was in the area and I was like, God, don't make me drive somewhere like the opposite way to try to get this, this <laughs> beer. So, um, so yeah, I'm really happy about getting this beer. It's really awesome. So and I just opened my can and it smells very chocolatey, which is promising to me, um, even mm. though I'm craving coffee, but it smells chocolatey. There is a hint of coffee-ness there. This is but, definitely, I, I just took my first sip, and I think this is the type of beer that you have to let it breathe, for sure. And I think the uh, mm. it coming down from being cold to room temperature, 
mm -hmm. highlights different tastes in this beer. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I'm really actually loving it. I love coffee. Coffee's my jam. Frank gets me coffee from Nicaragua whenever he goes. He brings me like tons of it. <laughs> I really like it, actually. I wow. am surprised. I don't know if it's this crazy whole 30 tongue I have right now <laughs> that is craving coffee. But, <laughs> but it is really chocolatey. And sorry, people. I'm not mm. a fan of chocolate either. Like Eddie says, and I'm just a weird woman. I don't like jewelry. I don't like coffee i don't like chocolate it's not that i don't like it but i don't it's not like, it's like not under, yeah. i can only have so much of it and i'm done yes but totally. this is really good i really like it a lot and i'm not gonna lie that 10 percent abv <laughs> makes me <laughs> makes me uh like it even more oh of course most definitely and I like oh you know what mm -hmm. You know what I just noticed? My nails go with the <gasps> Yeah, they do. <laughs> they sure do. Hell Man, yeah. That's unintentional. So serendipitous, but... and it looks sexy as fuck. This is... <laughs> but this is really, really tasty. I like it. It is really good. I like good. it a lot. Mm -hmm. I like how it it's kind of a not a sweet chocolate, but kind of more of a bitter chocolate. I like that. Mm-hmm. I am very shocked in awe mm -hmm. of <laughs> how much I like it because um, damn, I'm gonna have to go just, back for some more. It's just not my thing, mm -hmm. and I I've learned to appreciate ports, porters and stouts through our beer tasting because um, they are not my go-to at all, but. Um, I think Sticky Monkey was the first that I never looked back after that to be mm -hmm. able to learn to appreciate them. So yeah. I am mm -hmm. uh, loving this one, and I'm so glad that you braved the aisles of Whole Foods <laughs> for us <laughs> to get it. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, uh, I haven't been there in quite some time, and the last time I went, I bought a chicken, those rot rotisserie chickens. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I got food poisoning mm -hmm. because it was <gasps> undercooked. Oh. So I... Because wow. I, I don't know why. Oh, you know what? It was my brother's, uh, Jacob's mom. They're separated now, of course. But um, she was coming for dinner. So I got the rotisserie chicken and I got some, um, see about those, those long. Did uh, she get sick too? No, I don't know why. I think it was because I got the part, like the parts of the chicken mm. that were undercooked and they got like yeah. the leg or the wing. Oh, okay. uh, and that was cooked, but mm -hmm. um, uh, asparagus. So I, I put and I made mashed potatoes, and you know I, mm. it was a it was a fancy kind of a fancy dinner at home. But um, and after that, I was just like I was so sick for so long because I refused to go to the doctor yet again, and so <laughs> it was coming out of both ends. Um, and so that's why I never went back to Whole Foods. So I had like really bad memories of from Whole Foods. So going back there again mm -hmm. and getting this beer. And actually, I'm really glad that they released it in Whole Foods because going to Whole Foods and seeing their beer selection now. It, it was, was huge. I saw huge. your video. I was like in awe. Okay. I was like, what the hell? So pre-COVID, um, oh, that particular Whole Foods, 
used to have beer tastings and wine tastings on a very consistent basis, like every Friday or Saturday afternoon or something like that. Wow. And I'd always wanted to go because they even did food pairings. Mm. But I never had, There was it was during a time where I couldn't or I don't remember why, it just didn't mesh with my schedule. But um, they always had really cool um, like uh, events there where breweries would come in and like they would do um, tastings of all different var varieties from one brewery um, and so it doesn't surprise me that they have such a great selection there because they used to highlight that part um, all the time pre it, it, like Jen says in the before times <laughs> 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 no, but it's true. And um, they had a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I want to go back and check it out. So because this beer is so good, I'm going to try to go back on Monday and see if I could get another four pack because I'd love to have to keep it in stock like for like a future beer share. Mm -hmm. I have right now I have like about four or six cans that I have on reserve for beer shares when everything is open again. Yeah. Um, that are some. Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a glitter unicorn. Uh, oh yeah. Unicorn farts beer. Um, I have. A, <laughs> I have a beer that's called Space Cookie from Monkish, but it tastes like a, um, like a vanilla salt drink. I don't know. It's weird, but it's delicious. Interesting. Um, but um, this this beer is definitely one of the ones that I would totally love to just get another four pack and just maybe crack one on a special occasion it just seems so rich and so just um i don't know it just it's it's sort of like a treat sort of like a you know like a like something you could bring out for special occasions definitely. well it sounds like this beer is something that they have on an ongoing basis but that this is a special rendition of it using these beans so um, I'd be interested to try the the regular one I'm sure it's not as tasty but I'd still be interested to try it um, because this is really really good mm -hmm. most definitely and mm -hmm. shout out to crowns and hops uh, for following us on Instagram yay yay <laughs> thank you for that and hey. uh, so are you ready to do you guys want to talk about more of the beer or just go ahead and rate it I um, think I'm ready to rate it. I'm going to rate okay. it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. as a reminder to everybody, we have a five-point rating scale where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, a four is a full, a five is rigid, and a six out of five, if it's off the charts, is Super Saiyan. So Jen, why don't you start? What is your rating? I'm going to give it a rigid. I really enjoy it. I'm actually I'm taking my time drinking it because I don't want to drink it too fast. Uh, also, it is a ten uh, percent ABV, and I have not eaten anything since the morning. <laughs> so uh, maybe by the end of this, we might get a little bit of drunk, Jen. So who knows? <laughs> um, we're not drunk. Oh, actually, no. I haven't even done any major heavy drinking either. I, one can might be able enough to send me to the edge. <laughs> so. So I'm going to go with the rigid. It's tasty. I really like the liquid smoke uh, flavor of it that kind of layers the back of the throat once you're done drinking it, uh, when you're taking a sip. It's it's really good. I I highly recommend it, and I'm going to go with the rigid. Nice. Nice. This is Sarah, and I'm going to 
say rigid as well jen i totally love the taste like i said for me it feels like it's a treat it's sort of like a beer that you bring out on special occasions um i'm loving the chocolate i'm loving the um the coffee definitely the coffee i love how it's a little bit bitter but it doesn't it's not too bitter it's sort of like a rolls off the tongue and i love the way that it changes between cold and room temperature and how it adapts very well and i'm just i, I love it it's a rigid for me all the way i like i said i'm gonna go out there and try to find another four pack because this is this is some great stuff this is i'm i'm so excited to actually have one of our meetings there at their brewery uh, when we can, when everything opens back up, because I'd love to be able to uh, go and have a taster of all their different uh, varieties, because so far everything I've, we've had um, has just been so, so good. So this is Kristen, and I am also going to give it a rigid. It is a five out of five for me, um, which is surprising for a stout um, I think I have to stop saying that I don't like porters and stouts because I've tried enough of them uh, here during our beer reviews that have gotten good reviews from me that I think that I just can't truthfully say that that's <laughs> that is the case anymore so um, so uh, yes a five out of five for me for and I mean five out of five just for the can the visual the art and Urban Queen, I mean, that that name is just awesome. So, yes, um, I'm giving it a rigid as well. Absolutely. And there's actually a can out there that is my white well right now. Uh, it's a collaboration with Beer Thug Life and Crowns and Hops and oh. one other person. Um, so that's that's actually, I'm hunting for that right now. What uh, is it called? Or what kind uh, of beer is it? I think it's it? 2000, 2020, something, something. It's a, it was a limited release, um, but the main staple is 2020, but I think it has like a subsidiary uh, name to it. Mm. Um, I can't think of it right now, but the, the can looks very festive. It looks almost like the design is sort of like a kind of like an art deco-y kind of feel. It's like a black can with the uh, silver and yellow uh, lines in the in the numbers. Um, <clears throat> I can't think of the name right now, but the image of the can is in my head. So um, I'm actually, I've been looking uh, to see on uh, where, because they have a website where you can actually locate uh, yeah. something around your area. So there's this one in, um, I think in Downey or Bellflower that I'm going to go to next weekend or maybe during the week. But I'm in search for that can. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> Beer Thug Life and Crowns and Hops alone, that just says it all. But um, I think there's another uh, collaborative group that worked with them on that on that beer. But um, yeah, rigid, five out of five all the way through. Th this is wonderful. I'm so glad you guys liked it, and I'm so glad that I found it. And like I said, um, let me know if you guys want me to pick you guys up a four-pack because I'm going to Whole Foods on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so that has... I might take you up on that. Definitely. That has been our beer review, guys. All right, guys. Now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I have some juicy chisme. And I'm sure everybody knows about this chisme, but it's worth saying. Blade will be Marvel Studios' first film written by a black woman. That woman is Stacy Osei Kuf. 
Kufur. Osei Kufur. I believe that's how you say it, and I hope that's how you say it. <clears throat> so, she has been hired by Marvel Studios to write Blade. According to The Hollywood Reporter, she's a playwright-turned-TV writer who was uh, a story editor and writer for HBO's Watchmen. Yes. And as we all know, uh, Marvel Studios has announced that multiple Oscar winner Mahersha Ali is going to be playing Blade. So I'm super, super excited. Uh, this writer has also worked on Hulu's Pen15, which I haven't seen yet. And uh, Amazon... Penis! Oh, shit. Look at it. Look <laughs> yeah, at the word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. It says penis. <laughs> okay. When I saw that she was attached to that property, uh-huh. this... Okay, this show is freaking hilarious it is two women comedians Uh who they are adults they i don't know they're probably in their 20s or 30s but they are playing their teenage self oh my god i've seen the trailer for that yes it's so funny it is so good (laughs) i highly recommend it Oh my god. You know, I saw that and I was like, how is that going to work? But I guess it does work. And it's oh my god, so she's a writer in in for that show. That's super amazing. And she also is an editor for Amazon's Hunters and HBO's Run. Did you guys see that movie HBO the HBO movie Run? No. Oh my god, so freaking good. Like honestly, I saw it and I want to see it again because, oh, I don't even want to spoil it. It's so good. It's <laughs> it's action-packed, and it's sort of like, okay, so it's basically like, you know, rich people hunting regular people. Oh. Like, they put them in a situation mm. where they have to run from them, and they train to hunt them. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually pay some... You know, like some kind of like Navy SEAL or whatever to train them to hunt people. Mm. And the cool thing is like um, it kind of shows you what people under certain duress will do and yeah. how they will surprise you. But the ending was so freaking amazing. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I love that movie. It's it's something I don't know why nobody's talking about it, but it's such a good movie. So I'm already in. I'm already in. First of all, I'm, I know she's going to fucking do a great job and second of all i just can't wait till they start freaking filming this movie already i know (laughs) they're still looking for a director but just mahershala ali just being attached he's so freaking amazing he's amazing um he has such Mm -hmm. a wide breadth of just like the things that he's played and the roles that he's had he's just so good and um, Blade is like one of my favorite. Um, I don't know. They people are saying he's not a superhero. He's an antihero. I don't know. But regardless, like those first movies, I loved those movies, and mm-hmm. I love seeing him in, when he pops up in um, in uh, the the books now. And I just can't wait for them also to just. Not even I can't wait for them to start filming. I want it right now. I want to see it. <laughs> the end product right now. <laughs> I, yeah, Mahershala Ali, I mean, he was in um, that movie Midnight, I believe. Um, 
where I think that's when he won the Academy Award. He was in Green Book. Yes. Oh, so good. But and he, he was also, also was in, in yes. Daredevil. Yes. Uh huh. Oh my god! So it's such a freaking range. It's so amazing. I love that guy. He's oh my! And not not only is he a talented actor, but he's also very handsome. Yes, I love he is. his <laughs> bone structure. So amazing. But I just can't wait. I mean, already they have all these amazing people work on the project. I just can't wait to to see it. And like you said, I mean, I love Blade as well. I mean. And you know what would be super awesome? And I'm just talking and I, in hopes, in dreams, in wishes. Wouldn't it be awesome if Wesley Snipes had a cameo in the movie? Yes! They yes. can't not do that. Yes. I know, right? They, they cannot to. not do that. They, okay, they, to, they have to, to this do that. day, I swear to all the gods <laughs> that Wesley Snipes called Heidi Ho Comics. It sounded, I mean, his voice is so, like, specific. Unique, yes. It sounded just like mm-hmm. him, and I swear this person asked if we had the first appearance of Blade. And I wanted so bad to be like, Mr. Snipes? Because <laughs> like, it, it sounded just like him. So I am going to my grave convinced that I spoke to Wesley Snipes on... Not only did I speak to Wesley Snipes on the telephone, but I spoke to him about his iconic about his iconic character that he plays. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, I second that. I believe you. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, this is really exciting news. The, the first black woman writer and on a Marvel movie, guys. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm just super freaking excited because... Marvel knows what they're doing, so I'm really excited. Oh, uh, I'm excited, but I'm also annoyed that it's oh, taken yeah, this long. Oh, true, true, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, COVID and stuff like that, like when this was first announced in um, uh, 2019, San Diego Comic Con? It's been a while. Because there was no, yeah. San, Diego yeah. Com- there was no San Diego Comic Con for 2020. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's been, it's going to be like two years now that we've heard it and then nothing else. But like, I get it, COVID happened and they had to delay a lot of stuff and stuff like that. But still, like, I wanted to know, like, I wanted to know more about the what they were going to do with Blade because I still love those old Blade mm-hmm. movies. They're so mm-hmm. good. And Blade 2 is my favorite. That's I, everybody's I love, favorite. Love Blade 2. <laughs> well, yeah, because that, that one is, um, uh, what's his face? I don't know it was it was but it it was real good. I really liked um uh, Blade Two. Like I liked Blade One, but Blade Two was just better. <laughs> <laughs> At least to me. Yeah, those movies are. You know what? They're like a like the childhood movies. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like history behind like a lot of these movies that were horror movies or whatnot. That they're like oh they were so. I hear this a lot. It's like, oh my god, the effects are so bad. I don't give a fuck. I love that movie. <laughs> fuck you. I love this hey, movie. Hey, look, this movie came out... Blade 2 came out in 2002. I was like eight years old. It was the best shit I'd ever seen. I mean, I was like, that oh my double god, mouth rad. vampire, that mm-hmm. was like, oh my god. When I saw that, for the first uh, scene that it came out on, the whole... I saw it in the movie theater. The whole entire movie theater, like, just gasped in unison. <laughs> Look, Blade 2 walked so every other horror franchise could run. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> totally feel that. But 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I forgot. I am. Um, Blade Two was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yes, that's I right. Yes. That that's absolutely yeah. right. You're right. See, mm-hmm. little tidbit, little knowledge, guys. You see, I like I like Hellboy Two more than Hellboy One mm-hmm. as well. Because again, directed yeah. by Guillermo del Toro. I don't know. It's just he Guillermo has a good way of like focusing like the horror and fantasy of it all. Really, really, really. He really got well. me to freaking yeah, have no. sex fantasies about a fish man. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> he oh can do. Oh my god! Miracles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the world of monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long. It's been. Oh my- it's an aspect of it's the internet. Super cool. Like when, when in the shape of water, she opens up her hands and then she puts down her fingers. Cause she's, they're like, how do you, how do you have sex? And, and uh, it was, it, you know what? I want to go watch the shape of water already. But no, um, uh, I even <laughs> read the freaking, well, listened. I did the audiobook. That's how, like, <laughs> obsessed I was. Oh, my God. Ooh, fishy skin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Kristen, you had some cheese as well. Yes. So... In a very loose way, it's actually Blade-related. Um, but um, I actually, with our cheese mat, we are sticking to our Black History Month theme with Blade being um, a black character and Miles Morales also being a Afro-Latino character. He is getting a brand new superhero persona in Marvel's Heroes Reborn Universe. So in this world, um, it is an alternate universe in Marvel comic books. And this is a world where the Avengers were never formed. So... Miles still becomes a hero, though. However, he does not become Spider-Man. Instead, he is going to become the all-new Falcon, who is going to be a part of the Young Squadron. And he will be doing that alongside both Kamala Khan and Nova. So... Um, and it says here that both Kamala and Nova will have also very different roles. So she might not necessarily be, um, Ms. Marvel. And I mean, Nova might have a different set of, um, of powers, but, um, in this, alternate universe um thor is going to be a hard drinking hammer hating atheist captain america was never (laughs) unfrozen from ice tony stark was never trapped inside a cave and wakanda is nothing more than a myth so um hyperion which is known as marvel's superman is going to be leading the charge against numerous new threats including dr juggernaut and an infinity ring wielding Thanos. So my boyfriend will be there on scene. Um, <laughs> so in this alternate universe, heroes and villains are going to undergo a really drastic change, and they were not going to be used to what we know them as. But here's the little blade connection. 
everyone's going to be just going along like this is their new norm or this is their normal. They have no idea that this is an alternate universe or that there is any other truth that, that ever was besides what they are experiencing. However, Blade is going to be the only person who remembers the original Marvel timeline. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, um, and for those of you who love Jason Aaron, and I know I love me some Jason Aaron. I love Jane Foster's, uh, Jane Foster Thor um, that he writes and most anything he touches is gold. He is going to be um, writing Heroes Reborn. Um, And uh, Ed McGinnis is going to be um, also working on it with him. That's so awesome. That is my cheese and I actually am really looking forward to this. I I'm I love when um, Marvel does a lot with their um, teen characters, mm-hmm. and I love Jason Aaron's writing, um, his non superhero stuff. Southern Bastards is freaking amazing. If you've never read Southern Bastards, I highly recommend it. Um, I wish that he would go back and and. Uh, continue it or finish it but um, yes I'm really looking forward to this so that's this is going to be their next big event so that to me means that there's going to be tons of crossovers tons of variants tons of books that are going to have a tie-in to this event wow yeah there's it's going to be the like next summer event probably yeah (laughs) wow yeah that's crazy I'm sorry, you're talking about all this Marvel cool stuff, but all I can think of is WandaVision. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, well, this last last episode was really good. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. I still need to catch up. I'm like an episode or so behind. Okay, so. But I'm very excited for it. Yes, Miles will debut as the Falcon in May 2021. Nice. May 2021. Yeah, that's that sounds about, that's going to be their summer event. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, Jen? So today, actually, we're not reviewing a comic. We're reviewing a magazine. And it's actually a magazine that I um, uh, kickstarted, that I helped kickstart. Um, uh, not that I helped, that I supported on Kickstarter. It's Constellacion <laughs> uh, Number 1. And uh, it's a it's going to it's a quarterly um, uh, magazine. So the next issue comes out in April, and the theme for that one is going to be myths and monsters. Um, but Constellacion magazine is a speculative fiction magazine. Uh, so it's just stories, uh, all speculative fiction stories. And the theme for this one was the bonds that unite us and inside the magazine they give a little description of what that means uh it says uh let me read what uh they said when thinking about what we wanted to accomplish with this magazine very early on it occurred to us that we wanted to bring central north and south america together in a way that no existing speculative fiction publication did 
One of the first ideas we had after we had a name was to have an image of the continents as if they were constellations to show how as people we are all connected no matter where we come from or where we are. Uh, the theme for our first issue came very quickly on the heels of that first image. The lines that connect the stars and the constellations are like the lines between us here on earth shining and full of meaning. We wanted to explore what unites us even though we live in different places and speak different languages. To that end, we bring you these seven stories from all over the world and beyond that show how important those connections between us are and how they shape us. So that is the theme for uh, Constellacion issue number one, the bonds that unite us. Um, and so there we have seven stories, seven fiction stories two uh non-fiction essays uh a letter from the editor and a recommendation of upcoming books uh that are going to be released uh as well as and then they they give us like a who the authors and trans translators were who helped found it and the team that helped put uh this uh magazine together but uh it it is it's it is a short story magazine it's basically an anthology uh but one that is going to come out well you know uh four times a year and has it will have about like uh, about the same as well but they're all going to be different themes with uh this one being about bonds the next one being about myths and myths and monsters the third one going to be about i believe space uh, they're all open to interpretation from the submitter's uh, point of view or from the writer's po uh, point of view. Uh, but right now, Constellacion is actually taking me, going to be taking submissions for issue number three on March 15th, which is oh, going cool. to be the theme Beyond the Stars or wow. Más Allá de las Estrellas. Nice. Love it. Yeah, yeah so mm -hmm. something that Jen... I don't know if you mentioned it and I missed it, but something that I was super excited to see uh, and that I was thinking when I have more time, I'm going to go back um, to reread. Each of the stories was not only printed in English, but also in Spanish. Oh, yes. yes. I did not mention this, uh, but this is the biggest motivating factor of it. This magazine is bilingual. It is in English yes. and it is in Spanish. Uh, so each story, no matter how it was submitted, if it was submitted in Spanish, it gets translated into English. If it mm -hmm. was submitted in English, it gets translated into Spanish with the original submission being the first one printed mm -hmm. and then the translation, the one uh, that is the next one afterwards. So oh. we get like about two or three stories that are originally written in Spanish. And mm -hmm. I actually read those in Spanish first. I know, uh, me too. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. It took me a little while. Know, I'm a little rusty at reading Spanish, <laughs> uh, or at least like like full blown Spanish that isn't just like you know like lists and stuff like that or stuff off of the TV. Um, <laughs> but I did read them originally in Spanish, and uh, it's uh, for me reading in Spanish comes across as even speaking in Spanish comes across as more intimate because it yes. is. It mm -hmm. it was my first language, and so anything that I think of or that I or that I say usually in Spanish to me is more heartfelt than mm -hmm. in English. And yeah. this is just uh, this is that's just me because of how I grew up and stuff like that. But basically, if it's said in Spanish, it's it it, it means 
more. So reading in Spanish, mm -hmm. some of the Spanish stories impacted me a little bit more than the ones in English. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but that being said, I enjoyed all of the stories that were published in this magazine. They were all equally unique and beautiful in their own way. And I really enjoyed reading the, the essays and I briefly felt like I was in school for a moment. <laughs> well, that's funny uh, i'm sorry go ahead kristen no i just said that's funny because <laughs> i also was like i had the opposite effect i was like i'm not reading these this is like i'm in school skip <laughs> <laughs> um I I did not realize that uh, the the first printing was gonna be the original story format, like the language, and so like I think it was the third or fourth story that uh, was actually written in Spanish originally, and so I didn't scroll because we have this in PDF form, uh, to, and I was like, oh, they must have not uh, translated this one, so uh -huh. I ended up reading it all in Spanish and. I think it was one of the ones that I felt hardest because it mm. also was the one relating to her mother's death mm. and oh, okay. it just hit like a ton of bricks. And I got to uh -huh. say, I read this like around one o'clock in the morning and it, it was like, oh my God, it was so deep, so emotional, so amazing. Yeah, as I was reading it, I actually thought of you, Sarah. I was just like, oh, Sarah's going to feel this one. She's uh, like, oh, my God, Sarah's yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like in my brain, I was just like, oh, she's probably going to like feel something about this one. Uh, Emilia oh. by Vanya T. Curtidor. Yes, it was. Oh, my God. There are some some um, experts, uh, not experts, some um some information uh, that I ended up looking up, um, like Emila, Emilia, I did not know uh, what that word meant. So I, it, it's actually a word that indicates an in, indigenous uh, service worker. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, God damn, that fucking sucks. Like it's a, I would, I would coin it as a derogatory term, you know, um, but maybe they just, it's a descriptive term for them. I don't know. But I was just like, oh, really at all. Like, I learned so much from the story. But there were so many, like, poetic things. Like, uh, there was one part where she actually, she said something like, um, en, en, Entran al terminar, apartar la mirada del vidrio, molesta por la luz, De, lo, de los fluorescentes que la recibe con alegría artificial. The fluorescent light receives you with artificial happiness. And I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking deep. Like, it was just so poetic. And there's yeah. another part where she was like, um, uh, let's see. She says something. Oh, she said, uh, Aliviar sus mejillas castigadas por las lágrimas saladas y el, free, y el aire frío. So she was um, punished. Her, her cheeks were punished by the, the, the tears, the salty tears 
that were received by the cold air. I was like, oh my God, this is some next level shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so poetic. Like, I just, I fell in love with this story, Jen. It was, I, I, I mean, I, I want to frame this story. It's so good. It's just, oh my God. It was just, uh, and, and then the whole journey with that character uh, from the loss of her mother and her um, actually uh, knowing her self-worth. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that whole journey, that whole story was amazing. And it's inspiring because um, there are so many things that I know I can do well, but I just think it's part of my job, you know? And instead of like saying, hey, I'm fucking awesome. I just say, oh, yeah, it's whatever what I do. But um, this was really inspiring for me to say, hey, you know what? I'm fucking worth more. I do all this stuff and I do it well and I know I do it well. And the just the aspect of loss with it was just. And then a little bit of magical realism that mm-hmm. I thought was so amazing. I. I mean, I've never been to Bolivia, but I want to go now because I mean, this story is amazing. This story is amazing, and I'm so glad you made us read this because I just—it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm I, very I, glad. I, I, so I was a little nervous because this is the first time we've kind of done something like this. I think the closest yes. we've come up to is probably reviewing Mary Shelley's uh, present from yeah. Chimera Press that yes. had the mm-hmm. tra- that that had the books. Uh, that they uh, made into comics published as well. But this is this is straight up just fiction. There's no pictures. Yeah. It's just words. It's mm-hmm. just it's they're, they're just stories. So I was like, I don't know how like I don't know how they'll take it uh, or if they oh they'll be like I don't want to do this again. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's what really drew me to this is the fact that many of these stories don't take place in the U.S. or Mexico. Or at least, like, not all of them. Or some of them are just, like, kind of, like, they could they could take place anywhere. Like, uh, Cedar mm-hmm. Morena Garcia's Kaleidoscope. Um, uh, but the, uh, in their, in, in their webpage, they specifically say that they will give priority, uh, to, uh, writers, uh, and creators that are from, uh, Central, uh, and South America. Like, basically other parts of latin america that isn't just like mexico or like that the diaspora that is in the united states because mm-hmm. um, uh, mm-hmm. i thought because many one to the first story takes place in brazil or an island off yes of brazil. This one oh takes my god place... by the way that was awesome and it inspired me to actually uh change my will and my, <laughs> what, what i want to be done with my body after i'm dead mm-hmm. i mean it's so freaking good and every i'm sorry to cut you off but i was this is what drew me in oh my god just kind of like it's in brazil but there's an aspect of the story that feels so familiar in my mexican side of the family just was amazing no that's Continue, that, I'm sorry. that feeling you felt i that is the unity of the latinx experience of the mm-hmm. latinidad and it's this special relationship with your mother whether you're a man or a woman uh and it's like it's and what it means to be responsible uh like what it means to take responsibility for your parents after they're dead 
Like, I... It's... there. The, the beginning of the magazine actually states trigger warnings. And I'm really grateful for that because I had to brace myself for some of this shit. Because I was like, damn. Like, I really mm-hmm. needed that trigger warning. Oh, um, absolutely. And especially the, that first one comes in... Uh, hot and hard like it like it <laughs> that one was like it was it was it's a good story but man it was mean it was oh my it God. was yeah it and almost I feel... felt so physical like the description yeah. of all the story and the way it's told it felt really physical like i can physically feel the pain mm-hmm. um and it was just it, it was amazing and i know it it had nothing to do with Catholicism, but I feel Catholic guilt all over it. <laughs> like seriously. No, I think that's a, that was a very good balance because uh, when you think about it, a lot of like my my grandparents aren't Catholic, but my mother is, uh, and so like there's there's always been this very careful balance of like of paganism in my house. Uh, along with Catholicism and how like how guilty should I feel about that? Because I understand the the plight of the bruja, basically, and what she mm. means right now in Latin America, what that means in a very uh, mostly Catholic Latin America and stuff like that. Where you go to someone, when you go to a bruja who probably isn't Catholic and probably disrespects uh like catholicism or doesn't or doesn't look too kindly upon them and be like in, to believe in what she does but then to still also like spit in the face of of her beliefs and actions and stuff like that so i just i i felt this careful balance in this story then the story is called my mother's hand and i actually liked i read this one in spanish too and i liked it a bit more in spanish la oh, mano really? de mi madre uh-huh okay because like my mother's hand, and then, like, when you read that in Spanish, la mano de mi madre, like, that has yeah. more meaning to me. Like, <clears throat> what does la mano de mi madre mean? Because, like, the mano of the mother, it can either come down hard or it can come down soft. Where, and that's, <laughs> how, that's, that's how I took it. Whereas my yes. mother's hand, I don't know, in English, it sounds softer. Like, yeah, it, yeah it like, doesn't, like mm-hmm. a letter or a poem that she left for you when after she died. Uh-huh. Like, you, my like, mother's you don't, hand. Like, you don't think... <laughs> possession like no that. no you don't think possession whereas la mano de mi madre like i think of that and i think about uh, possession like this yeah. is my mother's hand uh-huh like, uh-huh <laughs> like uh, uh, like or like when you think like la, la mano de castigo and stuff like that like that's mm-hmm. that's what came across to me so this one this one i actually liked a bit more in the translated spanish although mm-hmm. i got more like it was originally read it, written in english um mm-hmm. um but I think my favorite story of this one is probably Inolvidable by Eduardo Martinez Vaz. Because that one, oh my god, that one, that one was real good. And it's, uh, I, I don't know, it just, it just hit me uh, in a different, I think in the way that Emilia hit you. But like my, my next favorite one was probably The Excruciating Beauty of Ephemera uh, by Kay and Bose. Uh, and this one was in English, but it's just it's it was it's the story of 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 a sentient volcano that <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. that doesn't want to destroy the fleeting beauties of the world. And, and I that just, into, internal conversation was so heartfelt. Uh huh. 
like that's that's this is what I love about speculative fiction about like about basically about what if fiction uh and like what if the volcano was sentient and it felt sorry and this is why volcano volcanoes go dormant because they don't want to destroy what's around them I thought mm-hmm. uh, I this entire magazine was very beautifully crafted and very much everything that I love about fiction and about speculative fiction as well because it's all these what ifs and all these like but but not only that they take they take place in stuff that like uh that reaffirms latin identity too mm-hmm. because uh, I don't because for me especially the volcanoes ones like I heard stories about los volcanes de Guatemala and stuff like mm-hmm. that about my mom the stories my mother would tell me about the volcanoes about how how which end up and the people that live near them and the struggles that they go through but how they're also a point of pride also in mm-hmm. guatemala that they dot the landscape uh, anywhere you go you could you can see the volcanoes Absolutely. in guatemala and so like volcanoes have a a, a special place in most in any country that has them because they're so dangerous but they're just they're part of they're a part of the country as well you can you can love them and you can hate them as well but you but they're there you can't do anything about a volcano it's there so it's (laughs) just i i just i really love the i really love this one i didn't actually read this one in spanish but i kind of want to yeah, this one was really interesting to me because in Puebla, Mexico, and Tlatenango, where my parents are from, mm-hmm. um, I went, I think, about two years ago to visit Puebla. And from the horizon in Puebla, you see Bompopocatepec, and that's mm-hmm. a, a, a active volcano. Not, I mean, not super active. Every now and then, there's a puff of smoke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and back in the old days, when Frida was around, she actually climbed Mount Popocatepec. And um, it just, um, it's like, even when we're in our little town with, with the pigs and the, you know, the chickens and the guajolotes running around, in the horizon, you always see Mount Popocatepec. And you see that sometimes it has a little puff of smoke or whatever, but um, it's always like, we always, as a town, you see the awe in the people that live within that region and take pictures of the volcano. And maybe we don't, um, veneramos al al volcan, but we definitely, it's our identity as Mm -hmm. uh, people of Tlatenango, Puebla, Mompocatepec. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's on another level of, of, uh, what you could claim as your own as a people Mm -hmm. in a town that lives with an active volcano. And when I went to visit, like from the carretera, we saw it and we like everyone in the car was taking pictures (laughs) of the volcano. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in that internal dialogue in that, in that very sense, and the, the thing is, I love this, this story because it, it draws you into the identity of the volcano itself. And nobody, I mean, I certainly would not have thought uh, of the volcano having a personality of its own and the way it had conversations with the world and the animals and the earth and the sky. And it was just, it re- I thought it was really amazing. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I want to say eye-opening, more amazing. It just, it made me think of Tlatenango Puebla and Montpupocatepec, and I was just like, this is awesome. I mean, somebody, somebody wrote this. Yeah, <laughs> I, when I was reading it, I was thinking of the Volcan de Fuego that's near Antigua. Uh, when I, mm. um, uh, which is a very highly tourist spot, but also just a very active like market spot in Guatemala that's well known uh, and established. Um, uh, but the volcano, there's many art. There's a lot of art depicting the volcano in the background in Antigua, like right, right at the bottom and stuff like that. So it's um, uh, it's uh, it like it looks amazing. It's awe inspiring. But the fact that, and when you think about it, like, this is an active fucking volcano. Like, one day it's going to give, like, <laughs> do a big eruption. It, has, it did erupt, like, what was it, last year? Two years ago? Um, uh, and it devastated a town that was at a, that was on the foothills of the volcano. And But the people, people still go back and they still go settle uh, next to it. I don't know. It was just, uh, but it took me, it took me back. To to Antigua when I was reading the story about the the volcano and I was just uh, I felt that way reading all of the stories that were in this book or in this magazine. Yeah, most definitely. What do you think, Kristen? You've been a little <clears throat> bit quiet. Well, this is the first time I've read anything without pictures in probably eight years (laughs) and it reminded me how much I missed it Um, because I was a very avid reader when I was younger all the way through not in college college ruined me for reading for pleasure because I never had the time but then afterwards um, I always had a book Uh, that I was in the middle of reading. Um, And then I think what ruined me for that is because um, TMI, I would always take the book to the bathroom (laughs) in the mornings and I would read as I was in there pooping. (laughs) And the introduction of the iPhone into my life completely stopped that because I take my phone into the bathroom now. (laughs) And I stopped reading. So... This actually reminded me of my love for reading, my love for fiction, um, and also my love for short stories. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and he has multiple anthologies of short stories that he puts out on a regular basis, and I love reading short stories. And so um, I, there were a couple of them that I was like, not as enthralled in as the others, but the ones that you've mentioned already were some of my favorites. I loved the the uh, volcano one. I loved the um, Emiya one. Um, I don't remember the one that was what it was called, but the one where um, her husband died, and mm-hmm. they basically gave he hired a surrogate person to come and live with her that contained all of his memories. Is that unforgettable? Yeah, inolvidable. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that one I really, really liked a lot. I thought um, that, like, 
interesting, like, uh, mm. science fiction type take on a future where you could put all of your memories into a living human being and have that person. He hired the husband hired her as um, a way to kind of help the transition of her losing her husband. Um, but there was like some cool things that came about that apparently he had special like abilities and powers that also were given to her that she mm. did not know about. And I just really <laughs> enjoyed that story a lot. But a lot, most of them were very, very um, interesting. And some of them I did kind of like scan the Spanish ones, but I didn't have time to read them because it was, I mean, for a... Uh, for a quarterly magazine, it was very lengthy and oh, very yes. entailed. So I, I mean, you get a, you get your money's worth, whatever you paid for it for this, mm -hmm. for this magazine. And I'm actually super excited for the rest of the the other ones to come out. Um, I, I actually wanted to ask a question, Jen. Is this? I know you kickstarted and supported this Kickstarter, but is there a way to actually support this project? Even yes, though the actually. Kickstarter has already ended. Yeah, so you can individually buy the issues on their website. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, and get all the subsequent issues as well by uh, supporting them on their Patreon. Um, uh, okay. Or uh, whatchamacallit. Or you can buy it uh, off of Amazon or subscribe via PayPal. Uh, or order That's single, amazing. Yeah, or... Order single issues slash subscribe via waitlist uh, books. And soon they're going to, I think they might have print copies coming out soon. Or they're like, they're going to be doing like their own like PDF thing that's going to be available to buy directly from their website. But right now the way you can get it is via Patreon, via PayPal, or via waitlist books, or via Amazon. Um, uh, mm. And then I got, I got mine directly like um uh, they just emailed it to me from uh from my kickstarter, kickstarter email yeah yeah and that's how i'll be getting all the subsequent issues because i backed them for for the whole year oh that's cool. awesome mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm only asking this because this is something i actually can share with my spanish-speaking husband um, yeah. and so we can actually uh i can read in english he can read in spanish and we could like discuss it and you know i i love that um Mm -hmm. I love that option because there's so many times that I want to include him into these uh, comic books uh, that I love, but they're not in Spanish or translated or whatever. So sometimes I go out and try to find uh, comic books in Spanish just for him and to inspire his love for comic books. Like, I love comic books. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm so well, sorry. Well, this one isn't a Kristen. comic it's book. Just... No, I know. I yeah. know. But I mean, uh, just the stories are just amazing. And um I just felt so much for so many of them that I'd love to share it with him. But not only just this issue, I wanted to see if we can uh, actually um, get on supporting the rest of the issues for the entire mm -hmm. year. But Christian, I'm so sorry yeah. for uh, interrupting you. I just didn't want to miss the opportunity to ask if we are able to get this this first issue, um, even if we didn't have time to back the Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, and no. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, and uh, the website is constelacionmagazine.com. Awesome. Is it, it's in Spanish, Constelacion yeah, uh, Magazine? 
Constellación is in Spanish and the magazine is in English. Okay. Uh, Constellación is spelled C-O-N-S-T-E-L-I-C-I-O-N. Nice. Cool. Right on. Yeah, no, you didn't cut me off. I, I actually was just ending my statement with um, that I'm super excited about the themes that are coming up for the upcoming um, issues and would definitely be interested in reading more. Um, like I said, it, it reminded me how much I do enjoy reading. Um, and, and I mean, you, everyone who listens to the podcast knows that when, even when I read comics, I just read the words. I, <laughs> I have, I'm hard pressed to look at the pictures. I have to force myself to do it. So it actually was kind of freeing to just read and not have to worry about looking at pictures. <laughs> That's kind of true though. I gotta agree. I gotta agree. So, um, I got to say, I on our phones magazine is just so moving, Jen. Thank you so much for backing it. And this is what happens, guys. When you back a project on Kickstarter and you receive what you backed and then you're able to, like, enjoy it, this is what we're doing here. So, like, we have just come full circle with Jen backing a project, mm-hmm. sharing it with us, reviewing it on the podcast and enjoying it so much and having it give us so much in ourselves in a perspective of ourselves which i did not think i was gonna experience guys it was it was quite amazing for me thank you you're welcome so are we ready to rate it yeah I'm ready. yes most definitely uh we'll start with you jen uh i'm gonna give it three conchas um uh and it's just it it's really good. I know I knew the that it was going to be speculative fiction. Uh and speculative fiction can be almost anything, honestly. It's just it's a, it's yeah. a it's a what if story that can take place in many forms and different themes and stuff like that. Um uh, but it the quality of it absolutely blew my mind because not all fiction is good fiction. Let's be real here. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But this every, I think that every single story here is really was really really good um um and um uh and i can't i can't wait to see what else uh they come up with and but right now three conchas i completely agree with that uh three conchas for me as well this is sarah uh it made me feel so many things and um i'm i'm a person who feels period but um just the fact not only that I feel and I enjoyed the storytelling and now I'm going to change the way that I want my body to be handled after I'm dead. <laughs> but there are words in the stories that I didn't understand. And so I went to Google to ask what they meant. Mm-hmm. And so I learned things from reading this magazine. And you know that I love, a, I would love to learn new things when I read either a comic book or in this case a magazine. So for that reason alone, tres conchas. I, I I love learning. I love being taught something new, even if it's just one word, three words, you know, a, a handling of a witch's body after death. Love it. Love, <laughs> love, love it. And you guys, honestly, I, I highly recommend you guys... Uh, uh, back this project on a Patreon because it gives so much. It does. It really does. Kristen, what about you? 
Yes, so I am also going to give it three conchas. Um, not only because of the fact that um, it renewed my um, love for reading and um, the stories were just so well written and so engrossing and interesting, but um, for one of the things that Jen's uh, specifically highlighted is that the Latinidad that is showcased in all of the stories is just so profound and so I love seeing um, that being like a, a focus of these stories so um, for all of those reasons I also am giving it three conchas. Uh, I don't think we mentioned it before but there was also representation of transgender in one of the stories and i thought mm -hmm. that was amazing mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it it, it kind of a old worldly telling of a story oh yeah and, and kind of like and, and 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 highlighting transgender i thought was amazing like it blew my mind so i mean this I, we can't say enough we can't <laughs> say enough this is an amazing project definitely check it out where can they find it again jen uh, you can find the, and uh, buy the magazine uh, at constellacionmagazine.com. Uh, you can back them on their Patreon to get it. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on, um, uh, what was it, World Builder Press or something like that. Uh, but you can just, you can find the, uh, the issue at constellacionmagazine.com where you can also, like, if you're interested in actually submitting for the magazine for their next upcoming theme, that is also, uh, you can also submit uh, your writing there as well or artwork uh that's awesome yeah it's really cool thank you so much for that guys all right guys now it's time for on my radar Kristen, what is on your radar so this week on my radar is a book that came out on Wednesday. Um, and so those of you who are going to be listening, it will have been last week for you. But the date was February 3rd on New Comic Wednesday. And it is a brand new Dark Horse series called Fear Case. Um, Fear Case is written by Matt Kint and drawn by Tyler Jenkins. And it is a new horror detective series. Um, so a little synopsis about the book, a no nonsense secret, no nonsense secret service agent and his new age partner investigate a mysterious box known as the quote unquote fear case, which has appeared throughout history at sites of disaster and tragedy. Whoever comes into possession of this case must pass it on within three days or face deadly consequences. The agents must track down this fear case while staying one step ahead of a psychotic cult and the otherworldly forces behind the case's existence. So uh, I actually uh, read the first issue and I love horror. Um, I love horror comics. It's my favorite genre of comic. And I loved this number one. It drew me in. The art was super creepy and just very, very um, perfect for the story that we were reading. And the, um, the issue did exactly what a number one is supposed to do. It 
pulled me in. It gave me just enough information to make me want to read number two and to continue on with the story. And I believe this is just like a, a four or five issue series. So oh, it wow. just number one came out. Yeah, it's a mini series. Um, number one came out on February 3rd. So that means probably number two is going to come out sometime in early March. But you have whole bunch of time to catch up and to read issue number one fear case a dark horse title written by matt kent and drawn by tyler jenkins nice that sounds really cool actually and it's a four issue series i love when there's their mini series because yeah you can get the story right away and you don't have to commit like to yes. a long series forever and ever <laughs> on your pull list but thank you so much for sharing that it's really awesome i it kind of remind me of uh, Wonder Woman in the Dreamstone, kind of like disaster comes after yeah. it's introduced. But yeah, it's really awesome. Thank you so much, Kristen. All right, guys, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. And today on Juntos y Fuertes, I would like to introduce to you guys Black Star Collectibles. They are located at the South Bay Pavilion Mall. Um, and uh, you can find them on Instagram as Blackstar Collectibles. And guys, I actually went to the store and I was able to, to interview them. And so we're going to listen to that interview right now. Hello, we're here with the owners of Blackstar Collectibles. Yeah, Blackstar Collectibles. And you guys are in the Carson Pavilion? Yes, we are in the Car uh, Carson South. Pavilion, the South Bay Pavilion Mall. Yeah, South Bay Pavilion Mall, uh, yeah. uh, formerly known as the Carson, Carson Mall. Mall. Uh, okay. Yes, yes, and there's another name that we won't mention that it's known by. <laughs> but that was many, many years ago. I'm probably dating myself. Um, can you guys tell me, um, when did you guys open and what, uh, what was the inspiration behind opening this store? We had our official grand opening December 5th. And um, behind the store was uh, wanting to present what? Uh, we wanted to celebrate uh, black pop culture. Black pop culture. We wanted to celebrate and highlight black pop culture because we felt that it wasn't uh, a good, uh, a decent amount of representation in, inside stores like this. Yeah, for people of color. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree, which is why we started a podcast as well. We want to highlight. Uh, uh, people of color in the geek community, uh, in comic books, as writers, artists, comic book aficionados, and fans. Um, so how has it been going, especially with the pandemic? It's been going awesome. We've been getting a lot of support from the community. Um, a lot of the customers that have come in became like extended family because they're so um, enthused and happy about the store being here. And they've, they've just given us so much support, and um, things are going great. What he said. <laughs> That's super amazing. I actually uh, didn't know about the store because I haven't been out at all. Uh, but I saw the Instagram. You guys have a lot of a big following, and you guys are really creative with your Instagram and TikTok posts. What was the inspiration behind that? Uh, we have to give it to our TikTok princess, Kai. She's the manager of our store. And she is the the brains behind all of our TikTok videos. She tells us where to go, where to stand, and we just do what she says. We just follow her lead. Yeah. Well, I gotta say that is so brilliant because I absolutely love it. Sometimes I'm just scrolling and I'm like, oh my god, these guys 
have got it going on. I mean, the the whole dancing and the music. I'm like, oh my god, congratulations! You guys have an amazing manager because that it really shows that she loves the store as well. What is in the future for your store? What are plans in the future for your store? Well, I'll be the uh, brain, and he'll be pinky at, for this statement. <laughs> we're trying to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to open up in more locations and uh, spread the brand out uh, in, in, in places of our demographic. So we're looking at other malls and, and even other states. Other locations yeah. in other states. Yeah. So, uh, we just want to um, continue to build. We just need to build and, and take this to, um, like you said, other states and highlight uh, continue to highlight people of color and bring it to other communities so they can get the same experience. Amazing. What has been the most memorable moment while being in retail in your store? Well, for me, is uh, most memorable moment is uh, one of the older, um, one of our elders uh, came in here and it was a couple, um, an elderly couple, and you know it was you could tell they weren't looking for anything specific in the store but um the husband and wife just they, they expressed to me that they just wanted to get anything because they wanted to support us because it meant so much to them um because growing up they never had anything like this store and it, it was just this store wasn't even wouldn't have been able to exist in their time of growing up so it meant a lot to me to hear that from them. So that's one of my memorable moments so far. I love it. That, my gosh, that is such an amazing story. How about you? Uh, my most, it, it's been so many, but uh, I guess the one that stand out is uh, the, 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 uh, the, the little boy that came here and saw Black Panther and he was like, wow. And he did the Wakanda Forever signal to, the, to our display, to our Black Panther display. And I would say that really stuck in my brain. That was probably my most And this is why you guys do it. And I love it. I am going to come here more often because it is an amazing store. You guys have a lot of wonderful variety of stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to interview. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. Thank you so much for interviewing us and coming to the store. We really appreciate your support. And we just um, wish you many blessings and success. And hopefully to see you, of course, many more times. Absolutely. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. I wanted you to know that Black Star Collectibles is a Black-owned store. It's located in Carson, California. If you're local to the area, they're in the South Bay Pavilion. They're at 20700 South Avalon, Carson, California, 90746. Um and they have a really cool uh, and amazing staff. They have a, an amazing uh, manager who actually does these TikTok videos that you can either see on TikTok or on Instagram. So uh, check them out. They have a lot of amazing stuff and they uh, just, they're really just great people. So I really hope that you guys support local black owned businesses. And I know, Kristen, you also had a Juntos y Fuertes. Yes. So um, for Juntos y Fuertes this week, I have a virtual talk that you all can participate in and watch as it is happening on Thursday, February 11th. So 
Cartoonists have educated and entertained us in a year that's been anything but fun. Join Skirball um, Museum as uh, LA-based cartoonists Lalo Alcaraz, Darren Bell, and David Glenn Brown talk about um, the topic cartooning through chaos. In conversation with Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Pat Morrison of the Los Angeles Times, the artists share how they use their art to promote social good, amplify unheard voices, and spark meaningful conversation in a divided country. And stick around after the panel for a Q&A with the artists. This is a free online program. You just need to reserve uh, your tickets because reservations are required at www.skirball.org and then you go to their programs section and the uh, program is called Cartooning Through Chaos. So I thought this was super cool that a, I mean, Skirball is a huge museum here in Los Angeles and that they are actually highlighting cartoonists and not only highlighting cartoonists but highlighting the importance that cartoonists have in the political arena and social justice arena. Mm -hmm. So I thought Mm -hmm. that was super amazing and it's free. So definitely check it out. It's February 11th um, live and you have to make reservations, but I'm assuming that if you miss it live that they will have it available for you to watch on their website after it is um, finished. So definitely don't miss it. Yeah, like I I have been following Lalo Alcaraz for a while now, Mm -hmm. and I've seen his political uh, cartoons, and some of that stuff that he draws, like, I I am just so moved by it. Yeah. Like, um, and sometimes I would get really angry because, you know, he is representing, like, like how the public thinks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of that stuff is just, like, really just, like... um, Oh, just in your face and like you can't look away definitely so um definitely check that out I'm I would I'm I'm gonna definitely try to register right away because this is something that I would really like to see and I, I love I love uh, when people share their knowledge and share their insight about how uh, their development of their project um, is is happening and it, it this is really cool I, I really love that thank you so much Kristen Yeah, and I didn't mention, even if you're all day at work, um, it is taking place 7.30 to 9 p.m. So it's late enough in the night that even if you have a full day work, you still, and you're not working from home, you'll still have an opportunity to come home and check it out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, guys, now it's time for... En la libreria, Jen, what do you have for us today? So today, in la libreria, I have, uh, as usual, another Kickstarter book called The Scent of May Rain. Uh, and it is uh, a graphic novella following a golden woman's life over a hundred years of her existence. And it's actually, it's hit its goal of um, $1,500. It's currently at $2,000 with 122 backers and 16 days to go as of today. Uh, And the story is about uh, Esther, who is a Jewish golem woman who was brought to life in 1920 and told that her place was to serve. Follow her over the next Mm. 100 years of her life as she becomes a mother, a fighter, an icon, and maybe even her own person through her interactions with other women and the world of theater. 
So that's awesome. So on the preview on the campaign page, you see snippets of uh the artwork, and it looks really beautiful. Like it looks, it looks mm-hmm. really, it looks, uh, it it looks really good, and uh, it also it already has um uh, like some reviews and stuff like that. Uh, that was there was a review published by comicbook.com. Scott Snyder has apparently read it already and he said that it's Ooh. a stunning debut of a book. Uh as well and it looks it it looks really really good. Like it looks it looks beautiful and it looks promising and it's something that's a very very interesting um um because like I've heard I've heard a lot of the arguments that Superman is basically uh, a golem story uh uh that could that the how that's been like kind of done and there's a couple of essays on it uh and this but this one is uh, it's the story of a golem woman that takes place around the 1920s and onwards and about her existence and like i guess what it means to be human uh or to be like to gain humanity and stuff like that and it's uh it's like it's a good exploration into like love, family, tradition, religion, sexuality, uh, uh, as well because you get a snippet of like I guess, uh, Esther might not be attracted to men. She I think she might be attracted to women. At least that's what what it seems to be hinting at. Uh, in one of the preview pages that we see. So I uh I'm I'm really excited for this. It looks really really interesting and really beautiful. And uh, the base uh, the base uh support is $10 and you can get the digital copy of the book or you can pledge $20 and you can get a print copy of the book as well as the digital copy. Uh and then there is a retailer uh one as well at $60. Um uh, and those are the only three right now because all other backings have been taken up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, like, for, like, $10, you can get the story. It'll be in digital. But, I mean, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. That's how we have come across a lot of gems while <laughs> we've been uh, reviewing comics here on our podcast. Yeah, no. So, thank you so much for that. Definitely. So, The Scent of May Rain. I love that title. It it makes me f- actually smell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I I kind of I like it. And even the picture for it is, it's Esther closing her eyes, and it looks like she's smelling the rain. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Now it's time for saludos. And saludos today goes out to Markham Marcus. Sorry, Marcus Newsom. <laughs> He is currently working on issue three of Lightning Strikes. Um, you can follow him on Instagram on N as in Nancy, e, uh, U as in Umbrella, E as in Echo, 39, or at L Lima as Sam Comic 39. Um, he has these amazing animations of his comic book and comic character, Lightning Strikes. And... Uh, as you remember, guys, we had him on our podcast back in the day when we had people come <laughs> together and re- and actually do interviews live in, in one room. Um, Marcus Newsom, he created Lightning Strikes. It's a character that is based in the city of Compton and uh, acquires um, superpowers and he uses them to help out his community. 
he is currently working on issue number three uh, so follow him and um, I think he's bringing the issue three to Kickstarter so follow him for future um, um, news about his issue number three and like I said before at the beginning of the podcast we are raffling off issue one and two so wouldn't it be awesome if you followed Marcus Newsom and gotten the price of the first two issues and then uh, we're backing the third issue and getting the full story so that would be super awesome um, I actually uh, saw him at um, Black Star Collectibles and he's doing really great and please do follow him he's doing these great animations on Instagram saludos goes out to him um, saludos to Marcus Newsom thank you so much uh, this brings us to the end of our episode girls where can they find us so you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can DM us as well. You can always email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com and also you can follow us and um, find other amazing podcasts made by women for everyone at periodnetwork.com Please be sure to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Also, please be sure to rate and review um, on um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes so that you can be entered into our drawing. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.